Welcome, everyone. We are about to begin Be'ez Hashem, Feedback and Insights, Shear number 84. Uh, we're going to talk today about the importance of the physical sexual intimacy between a husband and a wife. And it's always important um, when listening to these shiurim or any other shear that discusses subjects such as these, is to always put it in, in the healthy context. There's always a risk when talking about these in Yonim, about these things, to um, hyper-focus, because we're talking about the subjects, so obviously that is the subject, but what people tend to do is hyper-focus and not look at the entire picture and the perspective of what it's meant to be and what it's for and why it's important. So as Hagdama here, and this really should apply to any shear where I discuss and promote um, the healthy, physical, intimate relationship between a husband and a wife and giving pleasure and receiving pleasure and making it a beautiful experience and a very enjoyable experience to remember certain points. And um, just as an agdama, just to bring it out, in Yecheskel it says, Va'atem tsoini. Hashem says that you are my sheep, Tsoin Marisi, that's the, the sheep that I pasture, Odamatem, and you're Odam. So this is the Pasik in Yecheskel, Perek Lamedalid, the last Pasik of Perek Lamedalid, Pasik Lamed Aleph. The Radak says as follows that Kishatiu Tsoin Marisi, you will be my Tsoin, but when you're going to be the Tsoin, the sheep that I'm going to shepherd, Sha'era Eschem, I'm going to shepherd you with Deya Haskel, with a understanding, with knowledge, then us tikru adam. Then you'll be called adam, light sign of behema, not just merely sheep and a behema. Meaning you are sign, but you're tsaini, you're my sign, you're hakadosh baruch Hu's sign. And the radak says, kishi ispata adam letavasa oilam. When a person gets seduced into the tavas, the pleasures of this world, he knew behema loy adam. Then he has. He's a getter of a of a behema. Ki begashmi is because in the physical aspects yishtate for adam and behema who v'chamayra echlam beivas echad. In physicality, a person and a behema shares a lot of things with one another. They eat from the same trough, meaning they both share that physical urges of eating, sleeping, and the sexual urge as well. But when Hashem will fill the knowledge. The day of Hashem, then you'll be called. There'll be a clear hecker between the behema and an adam. But the yisoid over here is, is that we are Hashem created us with a guf, but we have to realize we're not animals. We're tzayni. We are the tzayn of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. In other words, we have a bechina of a tzayn, but we're tzayni. That's the key. We have to be the sign of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it's always in this context that when we talk about these subjects, that always has to be the perspective. And um, the idea being that the idea of Tashmish and the idea of Aina is no contradiction to Yerah Shemayim and to Erlichkeit or to high levels of Ruchnias as we're going to show. First of all, you have in the Gemara, 
If you know that your wife is a Yira Shemayim, the Eina Paikta, and you do not visit her, meaning Rashi says, Betashmish Beisainasa, for Tashmish, for the physical Tashmish Beisainasa, whenever that Oina is, Nikra Chaita, he's called a Chaita. So it's very, very fascinating here, where you would think if someone knows your wife is a Yira Shemayim, you treat her with extra covet. You have to treat her with covet anyway. Every wife, Hamachabed Esishtai, it says, right? Oyehev Esishtai, Machabed Esishtai, but Yerushamayim, if Isha has Yerushamayim, you have to treat her with even more Derech which of course is true. And you have to treat her with greater respect. And then you have to listen to her words of wisdom more. Also makes sense. You have to realize that the Yerushamayim is coming from her and learn from her the things that you need to learn to be Moisif and Yerush Hashem. All this is true. And nevertheless, the Chazal here is Magdgish, the Isha, that is a, he has Yira Shamayim. But when she has that desire to have Tashmish with her husband, so you see right away it's not a contradiction. She wants it. She wants it, could be emotional, could be physical, doesn't make a difference what, why, and when. And you don't, and you hold back. So that is the fascinating paradox when it comes to the sexual union. It's something obvious, though not often thought of this way, that although we know that the physical sexual intimacy, part of the reason it's here, is clear to be an Nisayan, it is a test. It is a test, as we could see clearly from our generation. It could be used and has been used in a negative way, and not only in a negative precast oil way, but in a very harmful, destructive way. There's no question about it if you read the history of the past 2,000 plus years of history, the devastation that's caused by the misuse of the sexual desire, using it with, I don't want to say even with my mouth, all the terrible things that it could be misused for. So all of this is true. So it's a vehicle where part of it is, it is a test. It's a powerhouse and it could be very, very dangerous. But at the same time, like all of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's design in the world, it's also a great gift. It's also a vehicle for good. It's also a way to get closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu when you utilize this gift in the right way, in the way it was designed to be. And if it's done that way, then it becomes a source of great simcha. And we could use that to prevent its misuse and the way we prevent its misuse is from what the Torah tells us, to prevent us from looking into areas where we shouldn't, to prevent us from being involved with people that he doesn't want us, we HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not want us to be involved in. So it's clear, though, that Hashem's design for the sexual urge is not just to procreate, not just for pruvu. In Shulchan Aruch, it may seem that way, if you look in Evan Ezer, but through the whole Chazal, you look through all the Midrashim and all the Gemaris and all the Hashkaf and all the Sifrei Tzadikim and all the Chazals all through, it's clear that Hashem's design for it is not just Atzpuravu, but it's a band to be enjoyed by every married couple. And it's meant to be a gift to be enjoyed by every married couple. That is clear as day. There's no question about it. And whatever a couple can do for each other and with each other to enhance this area of their lives 
that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It's healthy begashmias and it's healthy baruchnias. It is not an unhealth, unhealthy thing. And it is true. It could be misused if it's hyper-focused and you don't concentrate on the other aspects of intimacy or the other love languages or the other areas of marriage and of life to be a Eved Hashem, obviously. But that doesn't take away the fact that this area in life between a husband and wife is extremely important. It's a matana, and it's meant to be enjoyed. It's meant for mutual pleasure for the both of them, as to give and to receive gracefully, and to give more, and so on and so forth. And it's true that the sexual intimacy changes over time, over the years, various seasons. There's ups and downs. There's before children, there's after children, Khalila before, you know, before illness and Khalila after illness or after recovery from illness or aging, all these things, it doesn't always look the same and there could be challenges to it, but that doesn't mean that it can't be good. It could always be good. The ways to make it that it's a good and healthy, uh, enjoyable thing to look forward to, even with all these changes that we talked about. A no good muscle to explain and understand this is to take food as an instance. Hashem could have made that all the nutrients we need as human beings could be built into bread, water, and cucumbers. That's it. Hashem could have created a world that all we have is bread, water, and cucumbers, a lot of it, because Hashem is a Baal Chesed, so he'll give us plenty of it to eat. And that will fill us up, and assuming Hashem can make all the vitamins that's needed for a person to have to be in those three things. And period. No meat, no fish, none of those thousands of varieties of fruits and vegetables and cheeses and milk and honey and dates and pomegranates and so on and so forth. Hashem could have done that. Hashem could have just put bread, water, cucumbers. And that's it. He could have done that, but he didn't. He created all these variable, various things, these millions and millions of things for us to enjoy. Of course, it's a test also not to overindulge in it. We know a lot of machlis come from the misuse of food and of overeating and so on and so forth, or undereating for that matter. But lemaisa, it's there, a lot of it is there as a matana, as, to have a, as a vehicle to have a Kaddish Baruch Hu, to recognize his goodness and to have a karsatayf for him to it, for it. And the same thing applies to the sexual urge. Hashem could have made it much less enjoyable, much less bland, like scratching an itch or something like that. He could have done it like that. Now we know the Gemara that said that when the Anshik and asked to destroy the Yetzirah of Avaydazara, and at one point they asked to remove the Yetzirah of Arayas and no one would have children. So obviously the Hashem had to design the sexual urge to be able to have to be some form of need to get you know the the couples the married a man and a woman together to procreate but the fact that he created it in an extremely pre- pleasurable way he didn't have to do that to that extreme and you're going to say though part of it is to be in the science you know not to to be careful with it that is true but the idea is, and it's not just as an Isayan, though, and it's not just so that to get people to, like, trick them into have children and populate the world, so I got to give them a big, uh, you know, like a carrot on a stick, okay, so they have this pull, and that's how I'm going to populate the world. That may have been part of the Cheshvan, very likely, but the Maisa, that's not the Iker point. The Iker point is that you should enjoy it, too.
It's not just about having children. It's the union itself. It's the mingling and connection of souls that is expressed in a physical way, but is very, very spiritual. That is clear to anyone who understands Torah, who understands oneself, who understands the nature of how Hashem designed the world. So in here lies a very deep challenge for us. Because until marriage, when we're single, we have to reserve and channel and hold back the sexual urge, which for many is extremely, extremely difficult. Not just in this star, by the way. In all virus, it was very, very difficult. And even in marriage, there are these challenges. Only in marriage you could express this, but even then, not all times, not in every situation. And even before the Cher and the Rebbe it wasn't so simple. And certainly now it's not simple where there are many kufas, where it's just simply not, not shaykh, and even in marriage. And even those who are sincere and earnest and want to try to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a real way may feel, may have this feeling as a single person or going into marriage to block out this concept as much as possible, to block out this concept of the sexual urge and union as possible, realizing, thinking to themselves, it causes more agmas nefesh than it does sipika nefesh. And in order to attain kedusha, it's, 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 it's totally has to be removed from me. And even in marriage, it only it has to be there as a bedievet, shebedievet. And some people, even sincere, well-meaning, have this mahalach. And maybe for some, yechidim, or in some tkufas, for some people with the right hadracha, if that's the mahalach, that's the mahalach. That they primarily use it, pruravu, aina only when, you know, like a bedievet, like an afterthought, only when it's a, you know, whatever it is. But it, the easier path to kedusha in their minds is to move themselves away from this completely. But for most of us, many of us at least, I could say safe, safely, this concept, using such a concept would backfire in a terrible, terrible way. And it alienates husbands from wives and alienates wives from husbands. Uh, not realizing that you cannot block the physical urge, rather it needs to be directed. It needs to be directed only to a couple, a husband and a wife, to utilize it fully in the best possible way. And that is really the key. So in a marriage between husband and wife, there has to be, of course, a careful boundaries around the sexual urge from the outside to protect them from the mitzvah of Laisasuru, not having unhealthy unions with people of the opposite gender, making sure not to develop emotional connections of people of the opposite gender, and to really be guiding yourself with Kedusha Vitahara. And of course, keep within marriage the mitzvahs of Tahara Samashbacha properly, all the Hilchas Nida properly, in an Ehrlicha way, in a normal way. And even, and even when the Tahara period has to be, you have to treat each other like human beings, not Khalilah, like animals. There is a responsibility that does come with a sexual union. You can't act like an animal. But, but you can act like a human being with an overflowing of love and feeling in the sexual aspects to one another in your private setting of your private of your bedroom. Because if you create excessive boundaries 
The excessive boundaries around the sex and the urge is for the outside world. In the home, excessive boundaries in the sexual realm between husband and wife creates great rifts, creates a great distance, creates coldness, creates detachment, and it creates a tremendous loss of real connection that could be there. And you're missing out, not just, you can say, I'm missing out some oil I'll be missing nefesh for the tainik that I'm losing in oil You're missing out in oil You're missing out in your shlemus of true, what true shalom bias is, of what, what the shchin is to be brought down here. It's, it's unusual and it's hard for people to understand and wrap their minds around this concept that I'm talking about now, even though it's very obvious, because it's a 180 degree paradox turn. We're so focused and we're supposed to focus on the harm that this world, this culture, this schmutz of the outside, how they took the sexual urge and made it meas, made it disgusting, and made it hefker. And of course, we know how how careful we have to be to maintain our kedusha. But this is not to be like many of those religious Christians in America. It changed a little bit with the Christians a little more different now, more understanding of this concept, but in many circles, they demonize this sexual urge completely. But we cannot do that as Jews, as Eden, as B'nai Tyre. We need to embrace it, and we need to embrace it in the right way. Part of having Siata Deshmaya in this realm in life is Tefillah. Tefillah helps with everything. If you daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for everything, why not take the time to talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu about this and ask the Siata Deshmaya to help you as a couple navigate through this area in a healthy way, that we should get along, that should work without conflict, should work with a proper healthy tznias, of course, but with a proper also open, open communication that's absolutely needed and required. We talked about this in the past. That tznias does not mean that you're not having open communication about this in the privacy of your of the bedroom. You could talk in a modest way, of course, and if it could be done with a hint, you know, and not and more subtle when these things come up, of course. But when you see that the messages are getting crossed and you're not getting each other and the 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 husband is not understanding, the wife really wants that connection, but because of her um, you know, introversion or tsunias, quote unquote he doesn't know, and he's not hopping, then he, she has to be somewhat more forthcoming so he could understand. So there needs to be a communication there. And at the risk of under, misunderstanding, sometimes you need to have an open expression pertaining to this area to make sure you have an open understanding with each other and expressing your needs to one another in a very healthy way. And another aspect of it is, is that the 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 expression of this to one another in a healthy way brings out close communication in all aspects of life as well and this is a place where very people are vulnerable there's a lot of it's scary for many people to open up in these ways and some people because of rejection or other types of things between each other in these areas pull away from one another 
And it's very important to work through those emotions and those things and try to get to a point where you could have an open, safe communication when it comes to the sexual union between the husband and a wife. It's very, very important. It says in Mishlei, For a ksil, for a fool, tainug is not good. Physical pleasure is not good for a fool. He misuses it. It 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 makes his mind dull. If he is totally into his physical urges, then for a fool, what he calls exil, for a exil tainug is terrible because he doesn't know how to go look beyond the trees and see the whole forest. He doesn't realize what the tachlis of that tainug is and he gets caught up in it. He gets wrapped up in it. But for a chacham, Tainug is good. Tainug in this world is good. It has to be done the right way. No overindulgence in, in crazy ways. But it's very, very good. We'll end off, which I mentioned a few times before, but it's Kedai to repeat it, that the whole sexual union concept is sort of like a fire in a fireplace. A fire is something that Be'etzim could kill, is extremely destructive. When it comes out and the wind blows it and it's not, it's not managed, it could spread out and cause people to get burned up. It could burn up forests, burn up houses, burn up towns. And the heat of it and the smoke of it and everything, it's a destructive force fire. But it's also a source of life. We need fire. And we need fire to warm us up in the winter. And you need to look at that sexual urge is like the fire that's in a fireplace. And the more the fire is in the fireplace and there's no chalil sakona of it burning and spreading out and damaging and you keep it in the protection of that fireplace, then it's a beautiful thing. It's meant to be there. That's the way uh, every Jewish couple needs to look at this whole aspect the society kills it, warps it, misuses it in a terrible way. But for a couple, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants them to use it the right way. He wants that fire in the fireplace. That's a vehicle through for the Yud and the hay to come and go in. I remember someone told me once before, a very interesting thing, that, um, you know, that um, said it sort of, in a certain way that um, discouraging this the sexual union between a husband and wife, and even on Shabbos not to get too, too, too um, hung up on it, because there's nothing more geschmack than a, than a nishmas. That is tainug, the nishmas. And someone I was talking to that heard this told me an interesting thing. He said, what's the stira? He says you can't be on a high level on Ishmas and also on Friday night have a warm physical, sexual relationship the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants it on a Friday night. What's the stira? What's the stira of having that and then getting up early in the morning whenever you get up and daven with a geshmak and learn with a geshmak and utilize the whole Shabbos singing Zmiris with Kedusha saying over Devei Taira and using the Shabbos in the most beautiful way. What is one say to the other? 
I think in some cultures or in some areas in life, because, again, it's a hard thing to wrap our mind around because we're always taught it's treif, it's treif, it's treif, and enachanami, 95% of the time in the way the world uses it, it is treif. But when in the right context, in marriage between a husband and a wife, this same treif thing all of a sudden becomes kaidish kadashim. And not just the separation of the physical, but being involved in the physical. And there is no stira to oina on, on Leo Shabbos and a geshmak and nishmas the next day. Or a solid learning uh, for a few hours the next day, if, if the husband gets himself to do that. Or, or the wife say, learning her tzana and reno or tehillim, whatever it is. What's the stira? There's no stira. In the Yid's life, it's not a stira. So this is basically the idea that I wanted to talk about today. And it's very, very important. But going back to this redak, which is important to look at, Eten Tsoini Tsoin Marisi. HaKadosh Baruch is telling you that your Tsoin, a Tsoin is a behema. you have characteristics like a behema has characteristics, but your Tsoini, you're my Tsoin. That's the key. You're not Ois Tsoin. Yes, you become a Adam. In that sense, you are a sign. In a certain way, you're a Adam. You're on a higher level in that sense. But you're still Tzayni. You're my sign. So you're using the whatever Kayach in, in the Behema aspects of a person and you're using it for the Shechina. You're using it L'chavayt Hashem. And you and your wife, you and your husband together are serving our Kaddish Baruch Hu that way. And Hashem wants that Ahava. He wants that Tzipika Nefesh. And the more you myself and akaras atayiv and ask a kaddish baruch of siyata deshmaya in this area, no matter how it was in the past, to hope for the future, daven for the future, work at it, and don't lose hope on it. And and like we learned from the stipler, it could be a source of healing, and may it be a source of healing for all of Klai Yisrael, and it should be mar in all houses of Klai Yisrael. Um, Be'ezus Hashem, hatzlochem bracha.